All we want is you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. All we want is you. When you get to the place where all you want is him, man, I tell you what, you're in a good place. And I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit who we are talking about will hover and over you in Jesus' name. I thank you for it, for the indwelling and the oversight of the Holy Spirit over my life and every Christian person that they can be converted to witnesses through the power of the Holy Spirit. My name is Apostle and Prophet Chris Ward. This is the pathway. We've been talking about the power of the Holy Spirit, but the, the number one pathway to the supernatural is having the Holy Spirit being filled with the Spirit and evidenced by speaking in other tongues. Now, we're going to look at that. Father, let me, let me pray. Father, I submit my body, mind, spirit, soul, will, and tongue to the proliferation of your, and edification of your, to proliferation of your gospel for the edification of your people that you would give them ears to hear, eyes to see, and an understanding heart to apply the knowledge, believing they receive the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, evidenced by speaking in other tongues right now. I bind up every principality, power, spiritual rule of this world, spiritual wickedness in high and heavenly places, every lie that the devil have told that they have believed. I break your power now and command you to let them go, devil. You cannot kill, steal, or destroy every suggestion, idea, or precept that you have put in their head through speaking to them through the, con the, the passage of condemnation. We, we say now they will not be condemned anymore. They will move freely into the glorious gospel and will of Jesus Christ. And that's for every man on the face of the earth to be filled with the spirit of evidence by speaking in other tongues. Speaking in other tongues, somebody said, oh, man, other tongues. So why do they call it the Holy Ghost? And why some places says the Holy Spirit? It's the same person. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Godhead. Jesus, and, and if you go back and go back last week and listen to this show, you can find it on Spotify. You can find it on Anchor FM. You can find it on Apple. You can find it on Pandora. Any, all of the major podcast channels, if you look for Apostle Chris Ward, Voice of Dominion, you can listen to the show. Okay, and you can listen to it over and over. You can put your ear pods in while you're cutting the grass, washing, fixing dinner for the kids, while you're washing diapers, whatever you're doing, while you're at work, stamping out all that paperwork that you're dealing with. Guess what? Put your ear pod in and listen. Be getting edified because one of the things about the kingdom of God, the Bible says faith comes by hearing. And hearing the word of God. So if you have an anointed vessel like the one you're listening to who is preaching gospel to me, all you got to do is hear it. And what happens is the spirit of faith goes in you from the word that they're teaching. And it's building your most holy faith. The second thing that builds your most holy faith is Jude chapter 20. Let's look at that. Jude, uh, what did I say? Jude 20, not Jude 20. What do you want? We want to go to the book of Jude 1, 120. There you go, Chris. There you go. My goodness. You are something else. Jude. Somebody said, well, you can't find none of that nowhere else. I'm about to show you now. Watch yourself. Watch yourself. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Jude is the last book before Revelation. And it says here in Jude 120. Read that for me. It says... Yeah. But ye, beloved, building up them yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. So it says Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost. It doesn't matter. It's, a, it's, a, it's the same person. It's the third person of the Godhead. When the disciples were here, 
they had Jesus Christ. They had the Holy Ghost through the man in the man's body who was born and anointed by the Holy Ghost from the outside in. He was born from the inside out by the Holy Ghost, not by uh, 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 Mary's husband. Okay, but by the Holy Spirit, and she she gave she was impregnated by the Holy Spirit and had never known a man. That's a miracle in itself. And he went to her husband and said, "The Holy Spirit, the angel went to her husband and said, listen, don't touch her because leave her alone.' And she didn't have she didn't cheat on you. She's pregnant with a holy child from God, and he had enough faith to believe that. Now you know, in today's world. If you go to your husband and tell him you y'all engaged to be married now, let me set the stage for you. And you tell him you pregnant. So you have an engagement period and you tell him you pregnant. And you tell him the Holy Spirit had come upon me and had made me pregnant with God's son. Yeah, you know there would be a, you know there would be a, in today's world be a fight ensued. <laughs> There'd be some serious animosities going on, man. Cause, <laughs> that he, he her husband, what was his name? Joseph. Joseph. Wow, I was gonna say John. Joseph had to have some real faith. Well, first of all, he had a supernatural visitation from God from an angel from Gabriel. Gabriel came and told him. So that probably shook him up a little bit. And while he was shaking, you know, he, he told him that, listen, your wife going to be pregnant by, by God. And for you not to touch her and not to disavow her. In other words, you have a vow to marry her. You marry her. And but when the baby's name is born, you should name his name Jesus. And we know from the rest of the Gospels that they had some more kids together. So his seed, his natural seed was born through Mary's womb. But the first one was the most holy seed that she bore was Jesus Christ. And God directed them. If you read, oh, my God, I don't even get into that because that's getting off the subject of being filled with the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit and the angels is God's help to you. It says here, Jude 120, but ye, ye beloved, building up yourselves. So for you, guess what? There's a way for you to build yourself up. Selah, not God, not the Holy Spirit, not the preacher, okay? Not your husband or your wife, not your friends, and not your family. You, they can't do this for you. You have to do it. Once you get filled with the Holy Spirit, you must pray in the spirit. It says, but you beloved building up yourselves on your holy, most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Now we but go back to Acts chapter one, eight, and we're going to see what that is. Okay. Now in the last show, I want you to be cognizant. That means to be aware. Okay. To pay attention in Acts one, the, the account that Luke was giving to Theopolis, okay? And he was giving him the account there. And we got down um, to where Jesus was giving instruction just before he departed out of the site, okay? So we're going to pick it up in Acts 1, 6, and we're going to keep reading here. Acts 1, verse 6. Skip that. Let's see. Uh, go to 1, 8. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But ye shall receive power 
after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Stop right there. So you shall receive power. Let's put that together with Jude one twenty, which says you build up the power of the Holy Spirit. Once it comes upon you and you receive it, you're responsible for how much power you have. How much can you pray in the Spirit? As much as you want to. Yeah, listen, I was looking at, uh, before I came here, uh, we normally, we're here much later in the day than we normally was, and I was looking at the hunt for the Red October. And that, that's a good one, man. That's a classic submarine movie. I like war pictures and Russia against the United States and China. You know, I, I like I like SEAL Team. That's my other favorite. I'm one of my all-time favorite movies. SEAL Team is my favorite television program. Okay. And then one of my all time favorite movies is Top Gun. And one of my all time favorite movies in that same class is G.I. Jane. What? Talk about a woman who became a SEAL team operative. And boy, she was good. She was smarter than all the boys. Plus, she, she, I mean, they tried to kill her. They tried to rape her to get her out. She was the first woman. It's about a story. And I don't, it's supposedly it's based upon, you know, how they flash the thing at the beginning of the movie. It's based upon, this is fiction, but it's based upon some true content somewhere, which means, but they did a hell of a job making that film because it's riveting from beginning to end. She was accused of being a homosexual at a time when it was not uh, favorable before they changed all this LBGTQ foolishness and doing all this stuff that they're doing. Uh, and so it's a situation where great movies all have to do with war. And I'm a Navy, I'm an apostle and prophet. This is apostle and prophet Chris Ward. And I'm a Navy SEAL spiritual commander for the Lord. I'm preparing Navy SEALs, people who are trained, hardened, and who have been tested in time and circumstance to take this world back for Christ Jesus. That's what? Did I say that? I said it and I meant it. I meant it and I said it. And guess what? I ain't taking it back. And Father, if any of it not be true, I'm hungering and thirsting for you to turn me into that. Because I know you need soldiers I'm a soldier in the army of the Lord. Okay, until you've been shot on a mission trip, you're not really a soldier. Okay? All right. And I have been. So (laughs) somebody said, man, (laughs) if that's the qualification, I don't want it. I didn't want it either, but it happened. (laughs) In the back of a van in South Africa, bleeding out. Man, blood flowing, squeaking everywhere. Shot, arm broke by the bullet. You know. And so I stayed with the Lord. I was mad, though. Can I just be real? I was mad with the Lord. I said, Lord, I done spent 10 grand to come over here, rent this hotel, live with these peoples, and travel all the, we, we, actually two different countries, wasn't it? How many was it? Two or three. Two or three different uh, uh, incorporated comp- countries. And on the way back, we came back, and there was some Nigerian bandits. Now, if you're Nigerian, I ain't got nothing against you, but y'all need to clean up your backyard, okay? They 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 targeted us coming from the airport. When we got off the expressway, a car cut in front of us and stopped abruptly, and three men with, with guns came to rob us of our 
passports, our money, and anything valuable, our jewelry, anything that we had. They were they were robbers, just like you see on the, on the 10 o'clock news, the 7 o'clock news, the 5 o'clock news. On any of them channels, you're going to see that kind of stuff going on. It wasn't happening here like it is there, but now the world has all been condensed, and all the systems and countries of the world are coming together to create this one-world government that the devil will come in. So I was literally shot, and I was mad at the Lord while they were stitching me up and and while I was in the hospital and I thank God I wasn't a broke preacher because if I'd have been broke if I hadn't had some cash on me I had traveler's insurance which is some health care coverage but that's reimbursement insurance and people don't know that because they don't read that stuff okay you get traveler's insurance yeah but it's reimbursable after your money is gone and you paid it you can you can file a claim and they're going to give you part of some of it back okay and uh, the 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 the, guy, the doctor that was working with me, he flushed the wound out, stopped the bleeding. But before he stitched everything and did everything, he said, do you have insurance? I told him I have Kaiser Permanente. He said, well, we don't recognize Kaiser here. You're in a foreign country. Uh, do you have any cash? I said, yeah, I have some cash. He said, one moment, please. And I'm sitting there, arm up in the sling, upon the operating table in the trauma room. And this woman comes rather burly kind of woman. She said, do you have insurance here? I said, I do not. I said, I have insurance in the United States. And she said, well, that's not good here. And you're going to need to pay before before we go any further with your treatment. You're going to need to pay cash on your way out. I said, well, ma'am, I'm loaded. Okay. How much cash are we talking about? And I think it was like two, somewhere between 2000 and or or somewhere between $1,500 and $2,500. I don't rightly remember because it didn't matter. And they stitched it up and put a, 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 a cast on my arm. It was a cast that uh, stabilized it, but it wasn't a hard cast where you couldn't move it because I had to have the bandages changed. It was still bleeding. And, you know, they had to be able to make sure there was no infection. I had to go back, this, that, and the other, da, 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 da. And I was laying there, in the, and I was like, Lord, you let me get shot over here. Say lotty dotty. It wasn't no potty. You let me get shot. I came all the way over here to get shot in the neighborhoods. I was homeless for three years in the middle of the street and never got shot. And you let me travel 25,000 miles around the world, spend all that money to come over here and get shot. And the Holy Spirit said to me, I saved you, Chris. I saved you. Because, and then when I got to thinking about it, after I got back, and actually, and I'm giving this testimony because I, I, you need to see the power of the Holy Spirit in Him being able to accompany you. So I was there, hadn't slept a wink all night, and somebody was going down to get breakfast. I said, do you want something? I said, no, nah, I'm coming to eat, man. Because I hadn't slept. I've been on the medication, painkillers and antibiotics that they gave me. And I, first of all, I thank God that I was close to a trauma center. We were only about a half a mile to a mile from a real trauma center, a real hospital. Because we've been to Africa before. We went to Nigeria. And that preacher had, we, I preached 17 times in, what, three days? He had us every bush church out in the middle with the snakes and alligators and baboons and everything else. We was out in the bush, baby. You'd be driving down a dirt road, and all of a sudden, there's a little clearing here, and it's a little church of the whole 30 people. And they was in there, I mean, but they was raising up Jesus in that place, and I did, I preached. So we we weren't miles away and, you know, had a trauma room. They went there. 
he said, Chris, I saved you. Because the way I was sitting in the van, okay, the man came to the van, and I saw him coming. He robbed the – we were in a Mercedes Metris van, a European model, and just like the one I have, God gave me one to signify his salvation, and he paid for it. Thank you. It's paid for it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And I was sitting in the second tier of seats. It had three tiers of seats, okay, just like the one I'm in now. And I was sitting in the second tier of seats, and I could see them coming when they jumped out the car because I was like, what's going on? Why would you hit your brakes like that? And before we knew, it was three people with guns, and they robbed the – there was a, a deacon in the front seat, and our driver, our guest, our guest driver and host, they took their money and their passport. And then they were coming – around to the second tier, which is a sliding door. You know, most fans, when you get to that back seat, have to slide that door. And I was holding the door on my side. I was holding it to keep him from opening it because in the back with me was, was three or four ladies. Okay? And I was thinking, man, how many times have I seen on the news where people get robbed and then they rape the ladies? You know? And I was like, this ain't going to happen on my watch. And I was holding it. And he was trying to get the door open. Well, there, I didn't, being in a van that I hadn't ridden in because the, our driver was getting out, opening and closing doors for us. I didn't know how that thing, how to lock it. I guess he was the only one who could lock it. And I was trying to find the lock. I was trying to find the handle. And I had my fingers on the window trying to hold the darn thing. And he finally pulled, since he had a handle outside, he finally pulled it open. And when he pulled it open, he knew, he could see me through the window holding the, holding the door. And he can see my size. I'm 6'5", a little over 350 pounds. Okay, he knew that he had a formidable foe. And when the door opened, he stuck the barrel of the gun through the door, cocked it, and said to me, I will kill you. And I said, well, if I'm going out, I'm going out like a man. I kicked him. I turned and put this big... 30-inch thigh up in the air and kicked him. I tried to kick him in the chin. I tried to kick him in the chin and to knock him out, hoping that the, because what had happened, the driver had got out. He was looking for the keys. When they stopped the van, he took the keys out the ignition and threw them up in the bushes that was on the side of the road. So he was looking for them while they was working on the back. Okay. And I was thinking, man, if he get the keys and I can fend them off, we can drive out of here. Even if we push their car out into the intersection because it was one lane, it was bushes on one side, and there was barriers on the other. And I kicked him. When I kicked him, I slammed the door shut, and about two seconds later, bam, the bullet came through. Now, the way I was sitting in that van, that bullet should have went under my left arm into my heart and through to my lung, to the ventricles of my heart and my lung. Technically, if you get if you take a gunshot there, okay, you bleed to death in about thirty seconds. There's nothing they can do. They can't operate fast enough to stop the bleeding. If the bullet goes through your heart ventricle and into your lung, one of the, the you you have the ventricles, the left and the right, and you and you get shot in one of them. Guess what? You're gonna die in thirty seconds. You're going to fall over because you internal bleeding and blood is going everywhere, coming out of your body and inside your body, and you die. And the bullet went past, it went past my body and hit my right arm. My assistant said, man, you, you're taking up all the time telling this. And it hit the right arm. It hit the forearm. 
It entered through the forearm, halfway between my wrist and my elbow, went through my elbow capsule, and came out by my tricep. So I was bleeding in two different places. And the lady next to me, and it was all happening. We was all, you know, when, when you're in an emergency situation, you have so much adrenaline. And she started hollering. I was praying, Father, no hurt, harm, danger, no plague should come nigh us our dwelling. And the, the ladies in the back, in the, in the third tier, they was praying. This woman sitting next to me was hollering, he's shot, he's shot. He shot him. He's bleeding everywhere. And I didn't even, you know, I felt this warm liquid going down my 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 thighs and my on my right side where the um, where my right arm was at. And I was I don't know, I don't know if I thought I was urinating or just sweating or whatever. You don't really, you know, when adrenaline is flowing like that and your body's been mortally injured, then guess what? You you adrenaline pumps in, you don't really know how how bad you're hurt. And when I looked down, she was yelling, and I looked down, and I had blood. All my shoe had filled up with blood. I had blood on my on my sweatsuit. I had a sweatsuit on, and blood was just all over my body. I had lost a pint, pint and a half, maybe two pints of blood, just that quick. Because when you have adrenaline, your heart is pumping faster, your blood pressure goes up. Okay, when adrenaline is because of emergency situation to try to save your life and for you not to panic. Well, I didn't panic, but when I looked down, then I started panicking. I was like, oh, my God, I'm bleeding. <laughs> I was there praying, Lord, don't let me die over here. <laughs> don't let me die. Don't let me die over here in Africa, Lord. <laughs> don't do it. Save your servant. And I started praying I should live and not die and proclaim the glorious gospel. And the Holy Spirit started talking to me. Talking about the paraclete, the, the power of the Holy Spirit. He said, Chris, put your hand up in the air. And so that it would be above my heart, which means less blood because my arm was slumped down on my lap and the blood was just flowing from from two holes. OK, he said, put your arm up in the air and ask somebody to tie a tourniquet just just below your shoulder and you be up under your lat before your shoulder. and Keep your arm up. OK. And I start. He said, now pray that you should live and not die and you should preach the glorious gospel. Well, when you, when we look at Acts chapter one, eight, OK, as we go back to the script and we're at the end of time, he found the keys. They come and he actually he called an ambulance. OK, they had to, got what they could get and took off. They didn't get no money from me because I thank God they didn't because I wouldn't have been able to get served medically there. They didn't get any of the, just one of the women in the back gave up her money and passport and the two in the front. Me and my travel, the evangelist, we we came out, well, she, she came out unscathed other than I got shot, but I had all my money because he once, once he shot me, he was trying to frisk me to see how much money, where the money, where's the money? I kept telling him, everything's in the back. Everything's in the back. Look through the suitcases, trying to get him out with the idea that, uh, that the police, somebody would call 911. He would find that phone and be able to make a call and get the police out here. Okay. So much for police in Africa. All right. They didn't get there in time. And I got shot. And he called it him. He found a, a, a burner phone that he kept for emergencies in the glove compartment. And he called 911 and they sent an ambulance, took me to the hospital. And I told you the, the latter part of that story about how we got there. And so the next morning, it was time for breakfast. 
And the evangelist say, you, you want me to bring you something back? I said, no, I'm, go I'm going. She said, you don't need to do that, man. You need to just rest. I like, I've been laying in this bed, suffering and swallowing pills all night. I need something on my stomach. I need me some real food. So I went down there at the, the hotel where we had, had the had a buffet. I was like, man, I ain't missing this buffet. This was supposed to be our last day here. I ain't missing breakfast. Then you got to eat some airplane food on the way home. And arm jacked up in the air. Okay. Mobile cast on it, wrapped from a from from my wrist all the way to my shoulder. They had wrapped it, and then put the mobile cast on there so I could couldn't move it around. We didn't want to aggravate the wound, right? And I'm sitting there at breakfast, and the chief apostle of the trip came and saw me sitting there. Now he was partially condemned because in the caravan that we had coming from the airport, he left the key. He's supposed to be the lead honcho and left the, left the caravan to go look for some stuff to bring back some, some trinkets and some, some, some stuff that he wanted to put in his, his suitcase. So it left us uncovered. If we'd have had two cars there, they may not have pulled us over. It'd have been too much. Cause there's only three of them. Okay. When they saw that he left, he got off of the exit before we got off to go back to the hotel. They came and got us. So the next morning he came, he said, wow, this is a miracle. You're a miracle. And I had my, my little eggs with my cheese and some, some, was it grits or oatmeal? And I don't know. It was some good stuff. They had a nice buffet, pancakes and French toast and all that and sausage and bacon. And you know, oh, oh, it was good. And that's all I could think about. Cause I was hungry as all get out. I hadn't had nothing in over 36 hours to eat. And, uh, he came and said, this is the beginning of the global apostolic mission trip. This is a global apostolic mission trip. And when you look at these apostles, after they get filled with the Holy Spirit, Paul was beaten to death. I don't know how many times he was shipwrecked. And, you know, after I got back and matured in the office of an apostle, because this man was leading me because he was a he, he, he was an apostle. They had many ministers. All the people on his staff were either had offices or ministries that had manifested themselves in the earth realm. Like I got an evangelist here. She don't know she's going to manifest the office of an evangelist. She belongs to God, not me. Okay. She belongs to God. She's a trusted servant, friend, confidant, and we travel and all that. But guess what? She she's married to the Lord now. Hello. Good morning. Anybody listen to me? And so if you go to our website, Global Apostolic Ministerial Network, G-A-M-N dot life, L-I-F-E, you will see the Global Apostolic Ministerial Network there. And I want you to send and give us a donation. Go to the donation page and send us a donation. I think we can take up to a million dollars at one time. What? Put that money on there and let it work because we're getting souls. If you have never received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior right now. And I want you to look at Acts chapter 1, 8 because we're going to read this down and we're going to see what happens in Acts chapter 2. Okay. Uh, Vance, let's go ahead and lead the people to the Lord. You're promising the word of God for your salvation, <clears throat> for your soul to be saved. It's found in Romans 10, 9 and 10. It says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God had raised him from the dead, you shall be saved, which means that you, when you die, you will go to heaven and not to hell. For with the heart one believes into righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Please repeat this after me. Dear God. 
Please forgive me for my sins. I believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Jesus, come into my heart, live inside of me, be Lord over my life. Fill me with your power, overflowing with your Holy Spirit. Show me my purpose. Give me dreams and visions of why you created me. Amen. Amen. We want you to come visit us at 9815 South Vermont Avenue. We will be ministering on the same subject normally Saturday at 9.30. Prayer starts at 8.30. We have praise and worship from 9 to 9.30. And people should be still praying in the spirit because, you know, when you're praying, you're building up your most holy faith. And I'm I'm, I'm slanging slang shots, baby. Boulders. I'm like David. I got five smooth stones. And I'm going to hit you in the head with all of them before you leave. And so you need to be praying in the spirit to receive a lot of what we're doing. At 98.15, come and visit us there. You can give us a donation at, at G-A-M-N dot life, L-I-F-E, and we would love to receive something from you because we are putting every nickel of it goes into ministry to help our help us with our ministry pursuits, okay? Uh, you can email me at wardint at hotmail.com, put Voice of Dominion on there, or you can, you can call me or text me at 424-261-3208. This is Apostle and Prophet Chris Ward. We pray right now that you follow one of these paths that you've given us or you come to 9815 South Vermont Avenue and receive the Holy Spirit. We'll see that you be filled with the Holy Spirit before you leave. In Jesus' name we pray. We love you with the love of the Lord. Amen.